Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us. Well, today we're talking about the apartment market. You know, the apartment market has been hot. Some people are wondering how long will it last, and uh, it's been great. Well, we'll find out today. First, we're going to talk to Ron Jonesy about the, the market and the sector, how it's doing, how it did last year, what to expect. And then we're going to have a panel that's going to get us behind the curtain a little bit. Well, first, please welcome my first guest, Ron Jonesy, uh, CEO and president of Axiometrics. Axiometrics is, provides apartment data and apartment market research in the U.S. Ron, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here, Michael. Well, Ron, thanks. And uh, well, how did the U.S. apartment market perform overall uh, last year in 2013? Did it uh, slow up any? Yeah, it sure did. Uh, but it's still a good number. We mm-hmm. think uh, rent growth is about 2.8%, but it's down from 3.6% in 2012. And uh, if you look at the peak, you know, we, we had a trough in 2009. And then by 2011, at the U.S. level, rents were growing at almost a 5.5% rate. Wow. So the rate of increases slowed down. But an interesting thing also happened was the oxy rate ticked up. So we had the oxy rate tick up by 30 basis points. So it's always great when you have a market where you can still increase your rents, even though it's a slower rate, but your oxy rate is going up. So it's a very positive sign. And the thing to keep in mind is in our database, the long-term average you know, effective rent growth is about 2.2%. So we're still above, you know, that long-term average. And what drives that rate down, of course, is, you know, we had a couple of recessions in there. But uh, these numbers are, you know, regression to the mean type numbers, and they're not bad. Right, 2.8 rent growth with increasing occupancy. That's, that's really still a great number, isn't it? That's right. And, you know, the U.S. only produced... Uh, about 2.3 million jobs, and so job growth still been anemic, about 1.7%, really poor anemic job growth. And it sort of gets into, in your intro, you were talking about, you know, the demographics, what's really driving this market. And you have to look at the millennials and the echo boomers that are coming of age, and you have this wave of kids that are looking, you know, college-educated echo boomers that are hitting the market. And I really believe if you look at when they go into move into uh, graduate high school, move into a student housing uh, on a college campus, they may stay renters for almost 20 years. And the reason why is the age of first marriage is getting pushed, pushed out to 26 or 27 years of age, and then they may have a child, and that may cause them a year or two later. So we were really bullish uh, on the apartment market for the long haul. But let's, let me just look at 2014 and tell you what we're thinking is going to happen there. 2014 is going to be about the same as last year, you know, about 2.7% uh, effective rent growth. And the oxy is going to fall. It's going to go down slightly to 94.3. And the reason why is we're seeing more inventory growth. It'll increase from like 0.9% of the stock to about one4 And job growth, we're still saying it's going to be anemic. You know, there's so many headwinds uh, in this economy uh, that are, you know, uh, really going to keep I think, job growth and the economy from taking off. But on the other hand, if, if the economy does take off, these numbers would be a lot better. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and it's also amazing how much uh, the demographics are really affecting the market. I think some people looking 
at the apartment market from the outside may have thought, well, this can't last this long. But uh, the demographics are there. That's what's really supporting it. That's amazing. And then, and how how do you expect the market to perform for A versus B or, or, or worse than B product? Is, I know the A market's doing well. What about B and the rest? Well, you know, there's typically a dance. And what we've seen is the, a, the A's, you know, increase their rents uh, the quickest, the earliest in a recovery and race ahead. And as they keep pushing those rates, renters will opt to move, you know, control their housing costs. So, you know, if you're paying a thousand bucks a month, you may say, you know, I'm not going to take any more increases, but I'm going to look for something else in this neighborhood for about a thousand bucks. So then they may move into a B. So the B's start to get fuller and it goes all the way down to the C's. Uh, what we're seeing right now is that uh, Class A in 2013 had rent growth of about 3.2 percent, but the Class B outgrew that at 3.5, and Class C was 4 percent. So going into 2014, we expect Class A to uh, rent growth to uh, moderate to about 2.6 percent, Class B about 3.2, and Class C 3.5. Now, what's driving this is the supply. Uh, in our in our modeling, we think that there's going to be an oversupply situation in 2014 and 2015, and because of that, there's a lot of pressure on Class A uh, pricing. Well, that's interesting. So you think there may be some overbuilding uh, beginning to happen in some of these markets? Yes, I do. But here's the other thing. We're starting to see starts slow down. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is you've got uh, construction costs are going up. You've got Class A and Class B. I'm sorry, you've got uh, material and labor going up, and then you've got uh, Class A rents declining, which is going to make it more difficult uh, to uh, drive uh, Class A rents and start new projects. Right, that's a good point. We're talking to Ron Jonesy with Axiometrics about the apartment market. And, and Ron, you also mentioned uh, housing and people maybe buying houses later. You know, the housing market is improving. Uh, interest rates are still low. People are starting to see increases in home values. Uh, how might home sales in that market affect the apartment rental market? I really think, uh, well, first of all, we need a strong uh, single-family housing market. Uh, new housing production is uh, very vital to the economy. It creates jobs, which in turn helps the apartment market. If we get back to a situation like we had in the mid-'90s where, uh, let's say, total production was around 1.4 million units a year, the apartment market did great back in the mid-'90s. Uh, we, I think we'll be back in that situation. You know, we'll get uh, typically apartment have move outs to home ownership in the 15 to 18 percent range each year. That may be substituted for move outs to rent rent a home, but I just don't think it's going to get above the long term you know turnover rate. And you've got what to buy a house? You've got to have you know like at least a 720 FICA score. You've got to have a down payment, maybe as little as five percent. I understand now, but uh, these college-educated echo boomers, they've got college tuition debt. they got credit card debt. Uh, they don't have the FICA scores. You know, it's a lifestyle decision. So I just don't see it being an impact at all. But we want it to come back uh, because it helps the overall economy and helps the apartment market. Right. And the qualifying for new loans, that's a good point. So it's no longer the uh, breath test that we had in the pre-recession day, days, right? If you could fog a mirror, you were approved for a loan. Oh, it was totally ridiculous, yes. Yeah. And you, you talked about some overbuilding in some of the markets. Uh, what, what are some of the markets that are struggling? Well, the markets that are struggling are going to be, you know, the D.C. market, and mm-hmm. that's no surprise. Their effective rent growth has gone negative. Uh, Raleigh is another market that is hurting somewhat, and as well as Baltimore. 
But uh, other markets to watch out for depend upon really strong job growth, and that, those are markets that there really no surprise anybody. You know, it's the Dallas, the Houston's, uh, the Austin's, the Seattle's, uh, and Denver's of the world. And it, it, when you look there, you're really depending on job growth to absorb all that supply because there are some very substantial increases. Like in Dallas, supply is going from 10,000 to 12,000 in 2014. Houston's going from 8,000 to 15,000 units. Uh, Austin is going from like 6,000 to almost 10,000 units. So there's huge increases that really depends upon, you know, job growth uh, to take care of that uh, supply. Well, Ron, let's talk about opportunities. I mean, you're tracking this market all over the country. So if I have $10 million, I'm going to buy some Class A apartments. Uh, what are some markets that are showing some signs that it might be a great uh, great place to buy? I really think you ought to look at Atlanta right there in your hometown. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was a late recovering market, but now it's starting to take off. And what drove, drove the, the metrics in Atlanta to look poorly was the Class C. The Class C uh, occupancy rate was so low, the rent growth was so low that it drugged down the overall reporting for the market. But you had some uh, sub-markets there where you had some double-digit increases in Class A properties. So I think there's a lot of upside in Atlanta. Same thing uh, in Phoenix. Phoenix has really come back. Uh, it's going to have really strong job growth uh, this year. And with that, there's you know, more demand than supply. And so there's a lot of upside, I think, in, in those two markets in particular. All right. Well, that's amazing. Well, there's a good opportunity out there. I like the demographics. Uh, it sounds like the apartment market's still strong. Ron, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you being on the show again. Thanks for having me, Michael. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you like more from Ron, visit axiometrics.com. They've got some great information. If you're looking to invest in apartments or you own apartments, uh, check them out. Uh, great information there. Well, stay tuned. In just a moment, we're going to have an expert panel in here, and we're going to get behind the curtain, if you will. And we're going to talk to some owners, brokers, developers. You're going to see what's happening and why it's happening. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, last week we covered the retail sector, and the week before we looked at the office market. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. Just grab your phone, tablet, or computer and visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Today we're talking about the U.S. multifamily market. We now have an expert panel here for you. Please welcome Alan Tappy, Senior Vice President with Grandbridge Capital, providing capital sources for clients across the country with a special expertise in the apartment industry. Alan, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Also, please welcome Brett Finkelstein, CEO, CF Lane, a top 50 national provider of multifamily management services, managing 30,000 units. Brett, thanks for joining us. Definitely. Great to be here. Appreciate it. And, uh, Brett, we just heard from 
axiometrics about the market improving overall, but but you're you're on the ground level there. You're controlling apartments uh, all over the country. You know what do you see for rate growth and occupancy in your properties? Sure, the uh, occupancy levels over the last 24 months have been pretty strong across the board, mm-hmm. and um, you know the higher A class stuff over the last two years has really really strengthened. And it's basically to a point now where there's a lot of new product coming into the market, and we might see some rate growth type kind of stabilized there. But with the uh, B and C product, we're seeing an escalation there. Um, I'd say in the range of 3 to 5%, mainly across the board throughout most markets in the country. Okay. Yeah, I, just to add to that, one of the things we're seeing from some of our clients um, is, is a compression in the economic vacancy. Uh, physical, vacant, physical occupancies have improved, but so have uh, economics. So that, you know, that means um, you know, the bad debt and concessions are, are burning off somewhat. Um, so whereas, you know, maybe 12, 18, 24 months ago, physical occupancies were, were in the mid-90s, but economic were in the you know, mid-80s. Uh, we're starting to see that, that margin compress, you know, from a lot of our clients. And, so. and conceptually, how that works from an operator's standpoint is when the market is down, we were able to continue to keep our occupancies in the mid-90s. But in order to do that, we offered concessions such as one-month free or $300 off the first month rent. So the first thing that happens, and that happened a couple years ago, was we stopped offering those concessions, which obviously increased the economic occupancy of the properties, um, but we didn't have necessarily rent growth off the top line at that point. Now that the majority of those concessions have eroded, um, we're focusing pretty strong on top line rent growth and, and, and rate growth. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I think from uh, people that are not in the apartment industry, I think some of them are a bit surprised at uh, you know the real growth in the multifamily market and that it looks like it's sustainable. So, so Brett, what do you see for, for potential tenant traffic at your communities right now? Are you having the same level of prospective tenants coming through that you've had in the last couple of years? Definitely, and we see it increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely during the real high-profile leasing seasons, which you know will be this summer, and also at the beginning of the year, you get a lot of activity. You know, everybody has New Year's resolutions. Everybody has you know things they want to do during the following year, and finding a new place to live is is usually on the uh, top of a lot of people's list. So, pretty much across the board, we've seen strengthening um, continuing into 2014, which have allowed us to push rent substantially. And this traffic uh, has it adjusted any over the years, or maybe from pre-recession as far as the demographics of the potential uh, tenant and the economic viability of, of the uh, tenants that are coming across your, your communities? Sure. The, the great thing is we're basically seeing growth in all areas. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who came out of college in the last four or five years during the economic downturn. We're living with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That's unwinding. Those people are really getting out into the, the, uh, the uh, rental force. Um, you also have older people who might have sold their house, and in the past they might have bought a condo um, to retire, and we're seeing a lot of those people under the rental pool also. So across the board, we're seeing a, a big influx. Well, that's interesting, and I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, it's an ease of living, you know. When the refrigerator doesn't uh, work right in the morning, uh, instead of the wife yelling at you and having you having to deal with it, call <laughs> you just call, call Red. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fix the fridge, will you? It's also yeah. a mobility. You know, it, it, it gives mobility. Right. Everybody realizes now that, you know, the, the home is not a guaranteed investment, and if you need to move two, three, four years, or if you need to take a job in another city, uh, you want the flexibility. And, you know, I think that 
us as apartment operators, we're really reaping the benefit of a change in mentality, and people want to have mobility. Yeah, that's a good point. And one of the things I think some uh, tenant shoppers are, are surprised to see when they come to these communities is the uh, use of the revenue management. So so they come in the rents different today and it's different tomorrow. Do you guys use revenue management systems at your communities? Yeah, many communities we do use that revenue um, management. Yeah, LRO is a, a big one that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that we do that is... Uh, property managers in a lot of respects are great at managing properties but a lot of times they have relationships with these tenants um, and you like that yeah we love that but right. we want to take the human element out of what the rent selection is so right. we can set uh, occupancy that we like and you know it basically pushes the rents to the point for maximum return for our investors and our clients so you know we've had very good success with that and it's really um, helped the performance on a lot of properties we're a proponent of of that and you're also using it on uh, renewals, right? So the manager can't uh, adjust the renewal or keep a renewal rate down because they like that tenant. It's They've got to look at the computer. Well, oh, the computer says this. Don't get mad at me. Exactly. Right. And it also gives the manager a reason to say, hey, it's not my fault. Right. And it is and it is based on market. Tell some of our listeners that, that may not be aware of revenue management system. What are they? What, what are you inputting? into those systems and what's coming from those systems that sets those rents? Are they looking at your turnkey cost? Are they looking at your unit mix? Are they looking at your other notices to move? Are they looking at occupancy and your competing properties? Yeah, it's it's basically kind of a global system that takes into consideration all the different unit mix that you have at the property, all the different floor plans. What's the occupancy, the average rental rate at each of those floor plans? What's the move in, move out schedule? Um, and what are the other competing properties in the area getting for their rent? So basically it takes the, all of that into consideration and you basically set it at a, a occupancy level that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you want to achieve a 95% stabilized occupancy. It, you're at, if you're at 98% and you only have one of each available floor plan, obviously the system's going to increase that rate substantially, probably to a point where nobody will lease it until, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have a couple move-outs and it moves yeah. back to 95%. But there is a human element to it. So our managers um, at the regional manager and RVP level can monitor that and say, hey, obviously the average in-place rent for the one bedroom at XYZ community is 1000 bucks. We're 98% occupancy. The LRO is saying we should rent that for 1350. We know nobody's going to lease it, so they could back it down to 1100, which would still be an excess, but it wouldn't leave a gap of you know nobody leasing for a certain or nobody renewing for a certain amount of time. And Alan, what about underwriters um, looking at apartment communities that use revenue management? From what I understand, uh, communities that use revenue management are performing a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, do underwriters take that into account, and do they do you see that at all? Oh, absolutely, um, especially. In the environment, you know, post Great Recession, um, the it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I mean, now more than ever, the the organization um, of of your of your numbers, especially on the revenue side, is more important than ever. Being able to show us um, all the elements that are above the line from from bad debt concessions, rent, what you're trying to achieve, and, wh- and what what you are achieving. We we definitely want to look at effective rents, but I think now. Um, as, as we as we're coming out and as we've come out of this recession we want to see an operator um, that that knows what they're doing and, and these revenue management systems um, are, are a big part of that for an underwriter um, we, we we see all kinds I mean I've, I've underwritten uh, deals off of handwritten rent rolls so um, all right we'll take a quick break here more on the apartment industry this is the commercial real estate show we'll be right back 
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some great shows coming up for you, including separate shows on the industrial sector and hospitality markets. Be sure to catch topics of special interest to you. Sign up for a once a week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the multifamily industry. My guests are Alan Tappy and Brett Finkelstein with CF Lane, and Alan's with Grandbridge Capital. And uh, Brett, uh, Again, you're you're on the firing line. You're down there running these properties. What do you expect for rate growth and occupancy growth, or do you expect it to grow, continue to grow in 2014 and moving on forward? Yeah, most occupancies are pretty much at full capacity, which we would consider 95% or better. Obviously, a 95% occupancy is a full occupancy. The other is move-ins and move-outs. So most properties are experiencing those occupancy levels or better, which is obviously a prime time to continue to push rental rates and rental growth so we see in 2014 to be able to continue to do that to the tune of three to five percent in most markets um, we do have some markets that are some of the more volatile sunbelt markets where we're able to push rents a little stronger because rents decline more during the downturn um, but across the board three to five percent is, is a good measure and that's usually where we're sending out renewal notices okay and what about between the different classes of a and b you know what do you expect for rent growth and uh, occupancy growth there um, we're seeing some moderating at the top end, which I would call the A and the double A, mm-hmm. which was the first to recover. Um, we're also seeing new supply come into a lot of markets. Um, obviously, new supply is, is always A or double A product. So um, some of the existing higher-end product is going to see some tippering of rent growth. You know, it could be towards the lower end, such as 3%. Um, we are seeing some markets where there is some negative rent growth, where there's a lot of supply coming on, um, such as uh, some of the Metro DC markets. Um, Raleigh-Durham, et cetera. And it, all, it always depends on where the property is located and what else is in that submarket. Um, but the BNC product, which is more of the workforce-type housing, we're seeing really, really strong rent growth there as the, the unemployment continues to decline um, from the, the Great Recession. Um, those tenants are looking for housing, and obviously they have the ability to pay more in rent. So there's more demand there, which is driving up rental rates. And, Alan, the underwriters, especially the CMBS and insurance companies, you know, how do they, they look at the, the market moving forward? Are, are some of them a little more skittish in some of these cities about the new supply coming on and the continued growth and, and strength of the market? I, I think they are being more careful. I think, you know, Brett mentioned the A and AA class um, in areas where there's, there's new units coming online. Um, I wouldn't say that they're being skittish. I said they're, I would say that it's it's more of just being a little more careful, uh, trying to be more prudent in the underwriting with regards to rent growth and occupancy. Um, I, th- I think we're going into 2014. What what we're seeing from from a lot of our clients is is more of a leveling off in that class of uh, of, of product for from an occupancy standpoint, um, rent growth moderating. But we we're a we're a mid, you know, mid-market company, so we do a lot of business in, in the Midwest and Sun Belt and, mm-hmm. and some of these uh, smaller markets. And, and I think uh, we are seeing rent growth, um, and we expect to, that, that to continue 3 to 5% in those areas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the institutional investment 
capital is, is following that rent growth. We've seen them move into some of those markets. And, and um, I, I, don't, I don't think our underwriters are being skittish at all. I, I think they are just being more careful in certain areas, but understanding mm -hmm. that, that the, um, the, the positive news and, and, and the positive movement in economics for multifamily has spread uh, further out than, than just Class A. And it's still the easiest sector to get financing, right? It is, thanks to Uncle Sam. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's um, you know, Fannie and Freddie are, are still going strong, and um, you know, there's depending on what you read in the news and where they're going to go. All we know is today they they have a very <laughs> strong platform, and it's it's very active. So um, there's a lot more capital out there for multifamily. Okay, and one of the things I think some people consider that could could uh, impact the apartment market is the residential market coming back, uh, homes starting to improve in value, interest rates still low. Do you guys do exit polls on your tenants, Brett, when they move out? And, and what do you hear? Are How many of those tenants that are moving out are buying? And is that percentage of, of tenants buying, you know, surprise you? Or, or what do you expect? You know, we're still not seeing a we, – we have reports that we get that says the reason for the move out. Um, and across the board, there are some properties in some locations that we do see a decent amount of people moving out to buy homes or condos, but still across the board, that's various, very small percentage. I think uh, the mobility of tenants is more important to them today in today's environment, and home purchases are not on the top of the list. The other thing is the down payment requirements mm -hmm. and just the loan processing and the stringent nature of all the new laws and requirements that the lenders have to uh, comply with kind of turns a lot of people off. So we're not seeing that as a, a huge force that's dragging tenants out of the rental market. I see. And when you're looking to build or, or acquire an A property, um, do you look at the housing cost around there to, to get an idea? I mean, if the housing cost is, is really high, I assume that would be a plus for that community, right? A hundred percent. You know, when we acquire or develop, we want to be in locations which we think have bona fide long-term fundamentals. More on the apartment market. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit commercialrealestateshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, if you listen to the show online or you listen on uh, one of the 12 radio stations around the country, you're invited to check out the Commercial Real Estate Show videos on YouTube. Uh, you'll find a great selection of videos like Reese on Real Estate and the Fed's view on commercial real estate. You're invited to subscribe so you don't miss a show of special interest to you. Just visit YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today we're discussing the multifamily industry with Alan Tappy and Brett Finkelstein. And, and Brett, one of the things that uh, I think are interesting to apartment owners and managers and asset managers around the country are, are management situations and challenges and ways to keep tenants and, and overcome some of the challenges that we, you're still going to have in this community, uh, in this industry. What are some of the challenges in the apartment industry? It's not all rosy, right? There's some challenges you still have to overcome. Of course. You know, just like businesses that are people businesses the apartment business is mm -hmm. a, a people business mm -hmm. um, from a management standpoint of the staffing and from the people who actually live there and obviously people expect a lot out of where they live and there's a lot of uh, expectations for um, how properties are run so obviously 
the from an occupancy and a rent growth you know it's all rosy all the headlines are fantastic but when you get down to the nitty-gritty you still have to operate the property and deal with people so you know those are always the biggest challenges to make sure that you have the proper staff on site you have the the proper um, execution if the tenants are happy because when you have happy tenants you have low turnover you're able to grow your rents and you have very happy clients and investors so we really focus on client retention client satisfaction try to drive that down through our management operation and do you have any challenges from the municipalities uh, around your communities as far as what they expect for for taxes and for code and that sort of thing sure you know that that's ongoing and we're an institutional management company mm-hmm. so the properties that we own and operate for third parties um, we keep everything up to code and pep- impeccable condition mm-hmm. and work with our owners and investors to make sure um, their properties are at that level and we keep very good relationships with uh, the local code enforcement people et cetera, because we want to comply because you know having a well-run property is a it's a um, attribute to the community and that's what we want to bring Okay. And the advertising market, the, the uh, promoting your properties, I guess has changed uh, over the years. I remember back in the day, you just you put an ad in the, in the paper, newspaper, right? What are you guys doing to attract uh, more tenants today to your communities? It's, it's all social media, online, internet. You know, the day of going to the grocery store and picking up the manual and flipping through it, um, you know, those days are coming to an end. We have a, a more of an informed tenant base. They want to check out online what they're getting before they even come out. They want to see the interiors. They want to see what the community looks like. They want to read the reviews. So, you know, we spend a lot of time, um, what we call kind of internet management, maybe making sure that um, the properties are portrayed in the right way, because that's where the tenants are coming from. And these tenants, uh, one thing I'm curious about with the changing in the economic times are your um, ratios between a tenant's income and your rent. I mean, is uh, back in the days to manage apartments many, many years ago, we used kind of 25%. If their rent was more than 25% of their take home, we were a little concerned. You know, wh- what do you see out there communities for the, for that? You know, I think across the board, it's, it's now about three times mm-hmm. is where the minimum standards are. But uh, obviously, uh, the majority of the communities are, are far in excess of that, especially with the strengthening of the rental pool and the strengthening of the uh, the type of person that's renting today. You know, we're seeing a lot of communities that might have uh, rent to income ratios of four or five times, mm-hmm. which is which is ideal. But three is is basically the minimum. And do you adjust that as well when uh, with your communities, or is that pretty set? in stone it doesn't change depending on occupancy it's interesting and it just kind of goes back to general philosophy on people Mm -hmm. what we see and we have our property management software we can pull with the average rental income ratios for anybody in in a property and you know usually people live to their means which is which is pretty interesting so um you don't really raise or lower that if people meet the minimum standards and they have a clean rental history and a clean credit history, then, you know, then, then you know, that's a tenant that is, that is accepted. And I, I know you have better tenants than you did back in the day when uh, uh, residents could get a home loan with a breath test, a mirror test, right? <laughs> and they were all re- uh, going and buying houses. Uh, uh, so now you've probably got more qualified tenants. And uh, you talked about retention and keeping tenants i know in in some communities things like the the internet and and the uh the pipe there is important what what are you guys seeing is important for retention i mean when you when you retain tenants obviously that's fantastic what are you doing to do that um the biggest thing with the apartment industry now these tenants want a lifestyle 
So, you know, we've spent a lot of time and a lot of money in upgrading many communities to give to give things that people want. Mm-hmm. You know, pets are extremely important. You know, most all communities we have area will install dog parks, make them pet friendly. You know, some communities we bring in tennis instructors. Mm-hmm. Some communities we bring in healthcare professionals who teach classes two or three days a week. So we want to make it more of a lifestyle choice. Um, and that that's goes a long way to retain residents. And we have, you know, we have after-school programs in a lot of communities um, where there's a lot of kids. So we try to tailor our amenities and our management style to what the demographic and the, the, the residents in that community really want. And we've been really successful doing that, and that, that cuts down on your um, delinquency, and it cuts down on your, um, your, um, your move-outs. So it's not just a swimming pool and a clubhouse with a pool table anymore, right? Oh, we, we toured a property last week that had an indoor dog wash. Um, that I, first, first one I've seen, and, and to Brett's point, I mean, you've, you've got a lot of people looking to find that little edge on their amenity package. Um, you know, for, for, for the demographic that might rent in town, that, you know, that may or may not have a dog, a lot more do, or a pet. Well, this, this was a, it, it was a, I guess, a waist-high uh, dog wash inside. And uh, it, was, it was real real neat. But little things like that are going to separate uh, properties from each other. From well, that's good. And I, I thought my tub was an indoor dog wash. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the apartment industry. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're excited to announce a new service on the show. It's called Ask Michael Bull. Every business day, I answer a listener's question on video. You can check it out at the Twitter account, Ask Michael Bull, or on the YouTube channel, Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're discussing the multifamily market with Alan Tappy and Brett Finkelstein. And Brett, one of the things that, uh, well, now, Alan, let me start with you on financing right now. What do you see for rates and, and loan-to-value and underwriting in the apartment industry today? Well, well for rates, um, over the course of 2014, we're kind of looking for um, you know, maybe a, a, a 475 to five and a quarter uh, with a little bit of upward pressure in there. And, and, and a lot of it obviously has to do with, with the indexes. Um, you know, the T-bills in the short term have gone down. So, so we're, we're, we're calling for, short, for, for rates to stay low in the short term here, the bottom of that range. Uh, the tapering seems to be built into those indexes. Um, but, but we do think there's still, if, if the economy continues to improve, there's upward pressure on the, on treasuries um, on the spread side the investor spread those have been coming in so that could offset some increase in treasuries so that's why we think that that the overall note rates for for long-term debt are going to stay in that uh, in that 50 basis point range okay so can I get a three percent loan 90 percent loan to value right uh, <laughs> well if, if this was 2006 you know 2005 maybe but well it's a good point the you know loan to value um, we're start we are starting to see the higher higher leverage uh, piece of the capital stack come back into the phrase which is mezzanine financing um, so we are we are seeing 85 percent deals get done with an a and B piece and um, I, I think um, over the course of, of the first quarter we'll, we'll start to get uh, more and more of that in and um, more and more aggressive uh, from what we're seeing. So, but by and large, your first mortgages are still in that 75 to 80 percent. 
Okay. And, and Brett, this seems like a, still a good time to, to buy communities right now with uh, the forecast that we see. Are you guys an active buyer in 2014 and moving forward? We are. We, we've been extremely active over the last two or three years. And, you know, we see our volume increasing this year, really focusing on areas. Construction costs has in, increased substantially. Uh, land prices have increased substantially. So the cost to build new product in some high-end areas is very high. So we see a lot of opportunity in upgrading older product um, and we've been very successful in buying these in, in very um, high-end areas and areas that are walkable where tenants want to live, improving the box, improving the interiors. So I think we will uh, see a lot of activity in 2014 along those lines. Okay. Well, if a listener has some uh, apartment community out there in the U.S. somewhere, what is your criterion? Uh, we want to be in areas with strong job growth because obviously that brings more tenants to the area. Mm-hmm. And we want them in areas where salaries elevate, mm-hmm. um, meaning as the economy continues to improve, people in these locations are earning more money, which means they can pay more rent. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also looking at areas that have some sort of supply constraint mm-hmm. where municipalities don't want new apartments or the cost to build or the cost of land prices out a lot of new construction. So we have some sort of supply constraint where we don't have new competition coming in. Um, so that's kind of kind of our criteria, and it kind of meshes back and forth between between those areas and what we view important in a certain area. All right, our fun has to end here. Can you give us a quick tip for our listeners, Alan? Well, from the financing side, um, I would my, my recommendation would be to do your best to find the the longest term you can get to fix your rate to take out that variable, but also can you know combine that with some flexibility if you can, and, and those can be difficult to do together. But um, that would be the sweet spot is long term rate and flexibility in your loan to get out if you need to. Well said. Quick tip, Brett? Um, You know, I just think it's going to be a fun time Mm -hmm. in the next five years. We're coming out of a huge downturn, and I think it's going to be a good time for the apartment industry, and there's just going to be a lot of opportunity. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Fantastic. Thank you. Well, for more information from myself or our guests, all our contact information is available at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. And I have a question for you as a listener. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll be talking about the industrial market. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Atlanta Office Liquidators, new and used furniture liquidators, France Media, publications and conferences, and Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. For more information on these companies or to access additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.